You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is a crossover edition of the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Uh, joining me from Hoover, Alabama, in the shopping mall slash hotel, it is Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. And Chris, I was just about to reach out to everybody from different conferences to kind of do a crossover where it's like, hey, what teams look out for, players, who's in the hot seat, yada, yada. Uh, and apparently uh, the SEC takeover is about to begin. The two teams from the Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma, have expressed interest in jumping ship, and I'm sure it's all anybody's talking about today there in Hoover. It is. And several people that I've talked to uh, in the know, they say this is happening. Um, I was a little skeptical yesterday. I said, oh, okay, you know, this is something that maybe down the road, you know, or maybe OU and Texas reached out and the SEC said, oh, oh, that's cute. Thank, thanks, but no thanks. No, this is this is really happening. And, um, you know, they say an announcement will come in the, in the coming weeks. It's funny to see how everybody's handled it. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, was here on Radio Row yesterday when the news broke. And uh, we were able to get to him and, and ask him about it. And all his comment was, gentlemen, I am focused uh, and excited for the 2021 season. So uh, it, it's interesting, though, from the statements that Oklahoma's released, Texas has released, and, you know, basically the SEC. It's a whole lot of no comment. Nobody has said, oh, these rumors are false and all this. It's it's just been a whole lot of, yeah, you know, we'll see. Like it's so, you know, that kind of tells you right there. I, I talked with Ryan McGee from the SEC network earlier, and he said, um, you know, they've been talking about it all last night and and today on the SEC network. And he said, you know, nobody's reached out to us and said, stop talking about that, or you you guys are wrong, or you're uninformed. It's like that's that's another sign right there that this is going to happen. Yeah, it's funny. I, uh, you know, you and I do different things besides the podcasts, and you're you're based out of Houston, right? I mean, that, that's this is where the story broke. The Houston Chronicle, I think, had it first. Yeah, Brent's one of them. So, I was working for SiriusXM, the SEC Network show this morning. SEC this morning that was on SiriusXM and on SEC Network, and there was a, the tweets floating around about one of the producers, I believe it was, or somebody on the show basically put the pod system up for like what it could be more like, Oh, the SEC networks. Are, I think Ross Dellinger was like, the SEC networks already got ideas about it. And so it, it, it's weird because it came out of nowhere. And now today it's like, you know, it's, it's so weird how fast it's changed. Right. I mean, it's almost like the playoff expansion, right? I mean, that felt like it wasn't something that, that we knew was going to happen. And all of a sudden it did. And, you know, 24, 48 hours later, we're all just planning for a 12 team playoff. And now it feels like, we're planning for a 16-team SEC. Well, and, and it may not stop at, stop at 16. I was just talking with Paul Feinbaum. I know I'm name-dropping like crazy, but Hell yeah, brother. tons of people here. Uh, but, no, I was just talking with Paul Feinbaum, and he said, he said that's not all. There's going to be more. Um, now, I don't know how that works. You know, I don't know if you kick Vanderbilt to the curb or South Carolina or something, and, you know, you bring in – Florida State or Clemson or West Virginia or whatever. I, I don't I don't know, you know, who else they would add. And would that mean an 18-team conference or 20 You know, I, I don't know how all that will work. I just know college football as we know it is about to be shaken to its core because, you know, talk about ramifications. So, okay, we could talk all about the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma. What happens to the Big 12? I mean, do they cease to exist? Uh, 
somebody I was talking to earlier said, you know, the Big East was, you know, really good football conference once upon a time. And when they lost, I think it was, was it Virginia Tech, West Virginia, I forget, forget yeah, who it Miami, was. Miami, yeah, Miami, Miami. Yeah, like when they lost them, they said, okay, we're just a basketball conference. So does the Big 12 just become a basketball conference? <laughs> I mean, that's – I'm joking, but like – you know, there's a whole lot of ramifications here. Do you add Houston? Do you add, you know, SMU? Those are two really good markets. We'll see how this plays out. Yeah, it's, you know, the, 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 it just makes you feel like, I don't know, from like a Big 12 standpoint, like it's very much aware of your own mortality. You know what I mean? And, and that's, I think it's been the summer of a lot of that, right? Like the NIL stuff. Like the use usage for the NCAA in college football does not seem like there is much anymore, right? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing this movement. It's like, wow, you know, the Big 12 Conference is one of the conferences where we they're, – they're one of the power five, that we call them power five, right? And all of a sudden, we're staring down an eight-team conference now that is probably going to disband because its two biggest brands would leave. And so the problem that I have with all of this – is that it, Texas and Oklahoma, that's not too far away. But once you start, like, that's the, the problem with West Virginia being in the Big 12. They have, they have the, like, the worst travel schedule out of anybody in, in all of college because they're not located there. No, I mean, the, the only thing I was going to say is, I mean, I, I think you're going to see, and, and again, this kind of ruins a lot of the tradition and, and history and pageantry that, that goes with the SEC and so many of their rivalries and all that. I think you're going to break it up. I mean, it you know instead of having a two-sided conference, it may be, you know, divisions like we have in baseball and the NFL. Like it may be. So do you have a four-team playoff to decide the SEC? You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> if you do two eight, like, that's exactly like it's weird because if you did two eight-team sides, you know, a couple good t- good teams are going to get cut out of the uh, of the championship game, right? So it's almost like if you do a, a four t- you know four pods where you have a a four-team playoff the last two weeks to win the SEC or something. Yeah, and I think we speak for a lot of fans. I mean, look, I'm an SEC guy through and through, hosting a locked on SEC, but, I mean, my initial reaction, and still right now, is I don't like it. I don't like it. It's it's going to make the road much tougher for a lot of teams. And, you know, again, if it happens, it happens, and I'll come around to it. But I think you and I venting, I think a lot of our listeners will will feel the same way. I think we speak for them because I think we're all kind of in this together. That, um, we're not big fans of it. Yeah. Uh, one, one last question. How was my guy drink today? I saw a couple of things. He looked great. He's excellent in the media, isn't he? Oh, dude. So, so I, I know Ogeron real well. So I had, I had Ogeron earl, on earlier in the week, but Eli, uh, kudos to their media department. They reached out and said, you know, would you want to do a one-on-one with coach this morning? So I said, absolutely. So got up at 7am this morning and went upstairs and literally just me and Eli sitting in a room doing a sit down talk. And he was awesome. And then I got, I felt really old when I saw that we're the same age. So that made me feel really <laughs> old. But, uh, but no, Eli, Eli's great. Um, you know, obviously had some surprising wins last year, including, you know, beating reigning national champion LSU in their house. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Eli Drinkwitz a lot. Yeah, you have some, some, some fun stuff to say. All right, Chris, I know it's a grind. Uh, I appreciate you giving us some time here and, and uh, allowing me to vent to you. And I guess likewise. So appreciate your time, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Josh. Quick minute here for our friends over at Built Bar. We tell you guys all the time, it is the best tasting protein bar out there. 
and they've got a million different delicious flavors. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie. There's literally something for everyone. The mint brownie is my personal favorite. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. And not only are they the best tasting, they are healthy as well. You can check them out. 17 to 18 grams of protein packed into each one. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four, four and a half or four to five grams of sugar, four, four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Built Bar It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built. Dot com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. They shortened the website to make it even easier for you. BuiltBar.com will also take you there. But Built.com, very easy to go to, very easy to find, and awesome to taste. You need to try them today. Built Bar. Run along here from SEC Media Days, and we'll be catching up with a lot of uh, people here on Radio Row. Some uh, players and coaches coming through today, but joining us now on the phone line is a guy who's a former head coach, a longtime head coach, uh, great player, two-time SEC Coach of the Year at both Alabama and Kentucky. He's a former Dodd Trophy Award winner. He played under the great Bobby Dodd, and, and he joins us now. Coach Bill Curry, how are you, sir? Great. How you doing? Man, over 30 years as a head coach, uh, long time, great success all across college football, um, especially in the SEC. And you're representing the uh, Dodd Trophy Award, which, uh, of course, goes to the uh, college football's most coveted uh, coaching award. I'm looking at some of the recent winners, Coach, and, you know, Mike McIntyre, David Shaw, Brian Kelly, Pat Fitzgerald won it last year. Um, what makes this trophy so great that you love being a part of it? Well, first of all, my personal loyalty to Coach Bobby Dodd because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done much of anything without him. I, mean, I had great parents, but I didn't get it about academics. And if you played for Bobby Dodd, you may or may not become a real good football player, but you were definitely going to go to every single class at the Georgia Institute of Technology. And he taught us that the hard way, uh, meaning if you cut a class, you were out there at 6 a.m. running up and down the stadium steps and upon which you would decide that class is a pretty darn good thing. And I didn't uh, cut a class after my freshman year, and so I, I owe my graduation to him. I owe so much to uh, to Coach Dodd and his principals, but he was also a great football coach. So we represent, when we give this trophy, we're, we're looking for the guy who represents integrity, academics, and great football. And um, – there, there are plenty of good guys that do that uh, every year, and we have a scientific way of and a, and a real astute committee to, to study our opportunities and our choices, and we pick the guys that have done the best job. But you better graduate virtually everybody, and you better have a good APR, and you better have a good track record in the community of helping out and uh, doing doing things. Coach Dodd was real active in the, in the Atlanta community, helping out with with people uh, with physical and uh, emotional difficulties. And so people who sort of mirror that kind of behavior, that's who we look for. Talking with the co- with the great coach, Bill Curry. And, Coach, it's, it's crazy when you look across college football and obviously what Coach Saban has been able to do with this winning his seventh national championship. And, look, there's a lot of other people around the SEC and a lot of people around college football that's saying – 
come on, man, haven't you done enough? Retire already. <laughs> like, step aside. Let somebody else have a chance. I mean, he's going to be 70 years old later this year. He doesn't look like it. But, man, it is just unfathomable, unfathomable what he's been able to do in his career. It really is. And when I was a rookie broadcaster for ESPN, it was 1997. And uh, we were sent to Michigan State where they had a young coach named Nick Saban. Everybody knows that if you got his resume in front of you. And um, I said on the air, and you didn't even have to be smart. I'm not claiming that I was smarter than anybody else. But I watched this guy, and they were playing somebody that should have beat them hands down. I can't remember who it was. might have been Michigan. But it was a it was a big game. And Saban is this not very imposing figure, not very big, not kind of the stuff that you would halfway expect. And he goes up and down his sideline. We, we filmed him. I mean, we videoed him doing it. And he gets in the eyeballs of virtually everyone in his place. And I said on the air, I don't think Michigan State ought to win this game, but they're going to because of their head coach. There are very few people that can do what that guy just did. And we didn't even know who he was. We didn't know his name except to read it off the, off the uh, roster. And um, he has been able to do that everywhere he's gone. He gets in people's faces, and he gets the best out of them. And some years they have the best players. And, of course, at Alabama for several years, they probably have had the best players. But there were times before that at other places at LSU where he did most, most of it on defense when they won a national championship down there. The guy's just a great football coach. And everybody's waiting for you to retire. They may have a longer wait than they'd like. <laughs> it has been a, it has been something talking with Coach Bill Curry. Uh, Bill, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about uh, what's happened here in college football, kind of changing the landscape the, in the last month of the name, image, and likeness. The NIL. I think we just refer to it, and we forget exactly what it is. Um, you know, look, I, I think you can look at it on both sides. On one side, it's, it's great to get these kids who, you know, might be eating, um, you know, uh, ramen noodles in their dorm room, you know, a few times a week and uh, kind of struggling to survive. And, you know, then you got the other kids that are going to get, you know, big paydays from this and, you know, maybe live above their means as a college athlete. I can see arguments for both sides, but where do you come down on uh, the players now getting, being able to get paid for their name, image, and likeness? Just think about the history of the National Football League. Most college sports that revenue that produce revenue, and there are only two of those, <laughs> football and basketball, but they mirror the professional leagues. And this has taken a long time to come, but in the early 70s, we began to stand up in the NFL. Uh, and as I said, I was, I was active in the NFL Players Association, and I'm, and I'm proud of having been associated with people like John Mackey, our great president, who kind of dragged me into it. But we were trying to stand up so that we could have better pensions and maybe have a little bit different contract. So for uh, some kind of mobility to maybe move from one team to another at times if we wanted to, and to increase our salaries. I think the average salary was $30,000 or something like that. And let's just say that it's somewhat more than that now. Well, these kids are not stupid. They watch that, and they see, okay, NFL players are making millions of dollars these 
the head coaches at their schools are making millions and somebody's telling them, no, sorry, we can't give you 25 bucks to take your girlfriend to a movie. What? They're, they've just started working at lawsuits and uh, at Northwestern. They organized, started trying to organize as a union a few years ago. Um, and they're just too astute to let this continue. So wisely, I think, the name, image, and likeness answer began. And it's going to have to evolve. There are going to be a lot of rough edges. I've got a good friend that started an excellent business who handles the compliance and the tax implications. It's called Fans Meet Idols, my friend Steve Kennedy. And he's, he's starting it as a business to represent the student-athletes who don't have a big name, who don't have a high profile. Um, a lot of the fans love these kids, not because they're great players, because they're famous, but because they come from their hometown. Right. So they might, they might sign them up to come do a, of a local appearance or something, pay them 50 bucks. Um, that's 50 bucks more than the kid would have. So I think there's some real good things about it. And obviously there's some big pitfalls and yes, the quarterbacks and the big names are going to get a whole lot of money, but that's been going on a long time in the NFL and, and great teams have continued to win even with the superstars uh, and nobody complains about them being paid. One more time, Coach Bill Curry, on behalf of the Dodd Trophy uh, presented by the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, Coach, I'm just looking at the last five winners. There's no SEC winners. What what can we do here to get an SEC coach to win this trophy? Well, um, (laughs) I'm not saying that we have a bias just because Nick won so many national championships. But maybe if somebody else did win one, that would uh, help us. A, a little bit. I'm being facetious now. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to turn into that watch guy. So right. Trouble. But um, the SEC is just so competitive. Everybody gets beat down, so everybody has a loss or two. Almost everybody, and um, other leagues don't. I mean, uh, people like Ohio State, um, and I'm I'm drawing a blank here. But, uh, there are. Stanford, when they're really, really good, or SC out, out on the on the West Coast, sometimes they just have great seasons when people in the SEC sort of um, cannibalize each other during the season. Well, Coach, it's been a, it's been great catching up with you. Hope to see you back in person, uh, maybe next year when this uh, SEC Media Days is back in Atlanta. But thanks so much for the time, and uh, really appreciate you coming on with us. Well, I'd be happy to be back in person. I appreciate you having me on. Have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. That's uh, Coach Bill Curry, uh, former Dodd Trophy winner, talking about the Dodd Trophy, one of college football's most coveted coaching awards. Quick break. Back after this. Hey, reminder, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former GM Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your home for sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We're 
rolling along here, Locked On SEC, coming to you from SEC Media Days in Hoover. And we'll be catching up with a different player from every school. Now we head over to Oxford. Ole Miss Rebels catching up with Jalen Jones, defensive back of the Ole Miss Rebels. What's going on, man? Um, blessed, man. <laughs> Honored to be here. You are you. You're one of the old man, old men here, man. Exactly. Been around, been, been, been around a while. Yeah, yeah. Been Is this through, year through five or six. Going on six. Goodness. You feel like the old man in the locker room now? Um, experience wise, <laughs> body now nah, feel good. Yeah, yeah. Good. No, no, no. I, I said that uh, last year got shortened for you. The injury and all that. How tough was that for you? Uh, not being able to get through the whole season. Uh, it was tough just knowing um, how much work I had put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, previous injuries I have overcome before that, so uh, it was a little tough. But um, mentally, I was already prepared for an injury like that, just because I've been through two already. Sadly, so yeah. um, it was just tough not being around the team because uh, I knew since I've been hurt before, I knew what comes with that and uh, the recovery process and just being away from practice and missing the game. Man, that was the most important thing. But um, I got I got through it. You're a Texas guy from uh, Al. That's right outside Dallas, right? Yes, sir. What? Uh, how did all the Texas schools let you get out of the state? Man, they they, they recruited hard. They <laughs> recruited hard, but um, it was always a dream of mine when I was young to go in the SEC. So A and M, they definitely were. I think in my top five at one point. Okay. Uh, I was real cool with TCU, um, Baylor a little bit, but I've always wanted to play in the SEC. And um, Ole Miss was my first SEC offer, so that stuck with me. Was it Matt Luke then? Um, as the head coach, who, who recruited you? Is what Coach Freeze? Oh, okay, Coach Freeze. Yeah, wow, hey, you've been there a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you see, so you've seen a handful of coaches already in your time. Uh, Lane comes in and and kind of catches fire with you guys last year. The offense opens up and uh, start to score a lot more points. That means the defense is back out on the field a lot quicker. But what do you like so far about Coach Kiffin? Uh. He changed the whole culture. I'm talking about in one year, right when he touched on campus, uh, things changed. The whole coaching staff changed. Yeah. Who he brought um, on his staff, they made a big difference. Um, he brings a type of swagger to this team that uh, just kind of it just kind of happened. Like um, we all believe in him and the work we put in and how things are, um, how we operate now is completely different. It's uh, so interesting just kind of looking at. Um, the season that you guys had, I mean, like like I said, the, the, the defense, it, w- it was tough at times, like I said, because, you know, the offense scores so quick and you guys are, are back out on the field. Um, it, was that kind of it? I mean, what, what was the, the, I don't want to say the issue, but at times the defense not being able to, to get stops when you guys needed it? Yeah, that was frustrating. That was the toughest thing uh, to watch towards the end and when I was part of it, just because we know how explosive our offense was. And, um just not being able to get stops was uh, real draining, real um, – it, it was tough to watch on film on Sundays. But, um, I mean, we're focused on this season now. We'll be way more experienced this year, second year under Coach Durkin's uh, and Coach Partridge's scheme. So, uh, I think it's going to be a good year. It uh, w- w- was an interesting year, just uh, looking back real quick. That, that Alabama game, man, you guys were right there with them. And, and obviously it slips away in the fourth quarter. But was that maybe a moment for you guys as a team to say, look, this is the best team in the conference, and we're putting up points with them. We're going toe-to-toe right with them. Did that kind of make you guys feel like we're right there with them? Uh, a little bit. I mean, we 
to be honest, we had that confidence. But mm-hmm. um, I think it definitely boosted a little bit. And for a defense, it let us know if we get one stop, we think we could win that game. We don't, we, we don't think there's a team that can stop our, um, our, off- our offense in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely think we have the best offense in the country. And that, that gives us that type of good pressure knowing all we got to do is give them the ball back. And we put up points. Let's talk about the defense. You guys uh, bring back a lot. You, you got a lot of seniors. You also you get a couple transfers in there. Um, is it a matter of just looking back at, at what went wrong last year, fixing those mistakes? But, man, continuity of having so many familiar faces back this year. Right, right. Like you said, uh, I think experience is the big thing. We got a lot of people coming back, a lot of good transfers, a lot of incoming, a lot of freshmen that came in that uh, will probably make a good impact. And, um Man, we're just working. We're, uh, I think, like I said, the second year under Coach Dirk and Coach Partridge's scheme is going real well. Um, dudes are more confident with the scheme. This spring went real well. And uh, we, it, it all started on that uh, bowl game. We all got – the team had got some confidence off that, and um, it led into the spring ball, and we're, we're still going. So you're Jalen Jones. There's also Jalen Jordan. What do they call you guys on the practice field to keep confusion from setting in? <laughs> I go by Jay Jones, and uh, he goes by Jay Jordan. <laughs> Simple as that. So you can't say Jalen because y'all would both turn around. Nah, and... yeah, we'll both look. There's an <laughs> offensive lineman named Jalen, too. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this season is, is going to be interesting. You guys start with the, the neutral field game against Louisville. Then y'all get to head home with Austin P and Tulane, and then, man, you're right into the thick of it, heading to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. You kind of like how it sets up with those – three games to kind of for you guys to kind of settle in and get get your feet under you? I think it's set up perfect. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't say I didn't look at the whole schedule. Yeah. We, we think as a team it's set up perfect, but to be honest, we're just focused on getting better, focused on, if anything, Louisville, uh, and just going to take uh, one game at a time, try to go 1-0 12 times. I'm sure you're looking forward to a packed Vaught-Hemingway again this year. Oh, yeah. You guys missed that, right? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last year was horrible, if, if I'm being honest. So, um, and I feel like we got the best fans in the nation. So, can't wait to see them um, lock the vault. There's no, there's no uh, denying Coach Kiffin has gotten that fan base fired up, and you know it, it might be the most fired up a fan base has ever been for you know a season like like you guys had last year. But that that positivity it, it kind of springs you forward and motivates you guys. Um, when you look at the schedule and you say, I mean, look, we get some, some tough opponents like LSU and A&M coming to our house. Guys have a real chance to, to win a lot of games and surprise some people this year. Oh, yeah, exactly. And like you said, um, Coach Kevin himself, I think he he um, sparks up that whole town. And um, he's ex- he's an exciting guy, whether it's social media or him being a coach. So uh, I, think, I think it's going to be electrifying. Um, all home games, and uh, we're willing to put on a show. We're looking forward to put on a show for the fans. I know you're a former uh, uh, academic honor roll and dean's honor roll and all that, so uh, the degree's done now? What are, you, what are we working on? Uh, yeah, so I, I got my degree last spring. Uh, right now I'm in um, a master's plan for criminal justice leadership. Jeez. And Yeah, man. Hey, I'm in six years, so... <laughs> <laughs> Got to study something, gotta right? Got to study something. Can't waste time. No ballroom dancing or anything like that? You're, oh, nah, you're nah. real real classes. You're real taking. grad school. It's getting tough. <laughs> How do you balance it with life, with, with schoolwork, football, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, same how I have. Um, just a tight schedule, man. We work out in the morning. Um, 
we got a little building called it's a FedEx center where we get our schoolwork in. I'll get time for that. Then might have to go back to do treatment and certain stuff like that. Um, we got a good staff, to be honest. I can't, I can't just give it all to myself, but I, I manage it good. When you're not on the football field, uh, what is Jalen Jones doing? What am I doing? I'm either reading or playing video games, man. I wouldn't lie okay, to you. Okay, what's the video game? Are you, are you playing? I play it all. Madden, 2K, FIFA, um, uh, 2K, anything. Fortnite, Call of Duty. <laughs> you play it all? I play it all. Well, you play Fortnite? I used to. I, I, I just grew out of it. I got on okay. Call of Duty Warzone. I was going to say, they got the, the LeBron skins now you can get. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't buy skins or nothing. Yeah. Like, Fortnite's not taking my money, but <laughs> did you play wa- you, you didn't watch Space Jam yet? No, I haven't. I'm watching okay. it this weekend, okay. so don't spoil it for me. What's the last thing you've watched? Uh, TV, Hulu, Netflix, whatever? Uh, Snowfall. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard that's good. It's real good. It's good? Okay. Yeah. Jalen Jones recommends it. Thanks so much for stopping by, man. Best of luck to you guys this season, and uh, it's going to be fun. When it comes to Lane, you know you guys are going to be having a, having a fun time. And, uh, man, best of luck to you guys this year. No doubt. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Jalen Jones here on the show. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing. And a reminder, Locked on SEC, whatever you find your podcast, of course, LockedOnSEC.com. And a reminder, if you're just looking for general sports talk, all the latest news in the sporting world, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Our buddy Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news around the sports world. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.